I'm Rihanna Golden. And I'm Brooke Morlock. Welcome to the Language Exploration. Today's episode is titled, It's a Sign, and we'll be your hosts for today. In today's podcast, we plan to tackle the topic of American Sign Language, how it has grown since the 1800s, and how young deaf children learn it. So my interest in sign language actually started when I was a sophomore. I was in the chorus group Vivace and there was a girl in my class whose dad is deaf and she wanted to surprise him by signing one of our songs. Oh yeah, I, re- I was there and I remember watching your performance and thinking there's no way I'd be able to rem- remember that. Yeah, it was difficult to learn but his reaction and the opportunity to help him experience one of the things his daughter was so passionate about made it all worth it. For those of you that don't know, American Sign Language, also known as ASL, is known to be a visual gestural language for the deaf that is most commonly used in North America. ASL has a pretty detailed history dating all the way back to the early 1800s, more specifically 1814. Thomas Gallaudet, an American reformer, and Laurent Clerc, a deaf Frenchman, met in 1815 while Gallaudet was on a trip to France. At the time of their meeting, Clerc only knew LSF, which is another form of saying French Sign Language. Together, the pair traveled back to America and established the first free public school for deaf people, known as the American School for the Deaf. The American School for the Deaf is located in Hartford, Connecticut, and was first opened in 1817. I read that Clerk was one of the main founders of ASL. In case you didn't know, LSF and ASL are very closely related. In fact, LSF has a heavy influence on ASL. Yeah, I actually read something about that. I read that ASL was mainly formed through the use of LSF and Old American Sign Language. However, while Clerk was creating the language, he wanted to make sure that American customs and cultures were prevalent throughout the language. I guess you could say he wanted ASL to have its own flavor or uniqueness. So many of the signs in ASL may be similar to LSF, but ASL and and LSF are not the same language. Edward Gallaudet, Thomas Gallaudet's son, seemed to have an interest in ASL just like his father did. In 1864, Edward went to the United States Congress and was able to convince Congress to allow the establishment of the first deaf college in the United States. It was originally known as the National Deaf Mute College at the Columbia Institute. Today it is known as Gallaudet University and it is the only liberal arts college for deaf people in the entire world. Something I found interesting while we were researching was that there were many people in the 1800s that were against ASL and people learning it. Progressive educational reformers, nationalists, and even Alexander Graham Bell didn't agree with the A- with ASL. In fact, Alexander Graham Bell led those who hated ASL. They argued that using sign language was one of the main reasons why deaf people didn't learn to speak. Due to the spreading hatred of ASL in America at the time, by 1890, most schools ended up stopping the teaching of ASL in classes, as well as firing all the deaf teachers who taught those classes. Yeah, I read somewhere that 40% of staff was fired. Really? That's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, for ASL as a whole, this was a major setback in development and improvement of the language, because at this point, all serious study of ASL had officially stopped. Eventually, as time passed, ASL survived this setback. ASL became a fully established communication in the 19th century. By the 20th century, ASL was becoming more widespread across the country than it had ever been before in the 1800s. Now let's switch the focus on how ASL has evolved, more specifically how ASL has grown in popularity since its rough patches in the 1800s. In 1975, the education of all handicapped children was enacted, causing sign language in America to become even more widespread. It is known to be one of the first 
ever laws enacted to mandate the education of disabled children in public schools. And ASL, the deaf community and culture, hadn't been mainstream until the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act was passed. The Individuals with Disabilities Education Act was an act for privileged hearing and speech for any student with deafness. Yeah, I actually read something about how ASL has become even more mainstream in recent years. Uh, This can be shown through the growing number of secondary schools that are offering ASL as foreign language for graduation credits. A study done by the Center for Applied Linguistics found that only 1% of schools in the U.S. offered ASL as a foreign language in 1987, but in 1997, 2% of secondary schools were offering ASL as a foreign language. While the number of schools was still limited, there was a 100% growth in just 10 years. Students' interest in taking ASL as a foreign language didn't just increase out of nowhere, though. It has been found that interest increased when schools started adapting the course. Um, One researcher found that in 2002, 552 undergraduate colleges and universities offered ASL. Uh, Student enrollment in ASL courses grew from 1,602 in 1990 to 60,849 in 2002. But as with most things, there were people who didn't support the idea of ASL being taught in schools. Government officials and school administrators got into arguments over whether or not ASL is a language and if it should be offered for foreign language credits. Some government officials in schools were opposed to offering a foreign language credit for ASL because they viewed ASL as just gestured uh, English. They thought it would be easier to learn than regular English because of its manual form. Other critics believe that ASL shouldn't be offered as a foreign language because foreign languages are supposed to originate from other countries and cultures outside of the U.S., which would make ASL technically not a foreign language. In spite of all the critics, ASL had made great progress in secondary education. As in 2004, it has been accepted as a foreign language in every state except for Arkansas, Missouri, Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Mississippi, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Carolina, North Dakota, and Wyoming. ASL may be being taught in secondary schools all across America now, but teaching and tracking the accomplishments of young deaf children has proven to have its own set of difficulties. Researchers have been searching for the perfect way to assess young deaf children to view their progress. This was proven to be a struggle after the many failures of previous tests, for example, the American Sign Language Assessment Instrument and the test of ASL, which were both used for pilot testing but weren't commercially available. Another failed test was the ASL Proficiency Assessment, which had a test done with 80 deaf children but hasn't been proven to be standardized for large example groups. Finally, after their many failed attempts, researchers were able to create the American Sign Language Receptive Skills Test, or the ASL-RST, which was modeled after the BSL-RST. ASL-RST is a test administered to preschool-level deaf children that monitors the child's progress in acquiring sign language. By having the test, teachers and parents are able to get more information about the child's progress in learning ASL. Without the use of tests like ASL-RST, teachers wouldn't be able to track deaf children's progress or be able to notify the child's parents about any troubles the kid may be facing. Oh yeah, I read something about how many people find educational videos as a useful and effective way to help deaf children learn. Studies show that preschool-aged deaf children who used educational videos have increased literacy skills after learning through the videos. You know, something that I found interesting was how deaf children who have learned ASL since 
birth have similar developmental milestones um, when learning sign language as children, hearing children, um, are have when learning spoken language. Yeah, I saw something similar about that. It's crazy how only 5-10% to 10% of all deaf children are actually born to deaf parents. A majority of kids who are deaf come from parents who are not fluent in ASL when their child is born. Studies have shown that children who are born with hearing parents usually have delayed development in learning sign language compared to the children born to deaf parents. This is sort of off topic, but there was also a study shown that found that the eye movements of ASL learners, deaf and hearing people, uh, were the same when signing. This shows that eye movement in the eye movement it takes to follow ASL are learned and important to the language. There was also something I read that said the variation in speed of sign comprehension among people was linked to age and vocabulary, which shows that there are parallel developmental learning patterns in children learning spoken and unspoken languages. Overall, ASL has had such an extraordinary history. Sign language, specifically the development of ASL, has changed the way millions of uh, people communicate across the globe. ASL has given thousands of people a voice, many of which may not physically have one. It's important to understand what it, uh, what it is and how it works. ASL as a whole has changed the way people with deaf impairments live their day-to-day lives. To be able to communicate to other people is a necessity in anybody's life. I hope that in the future, more people will be aware of ASL's importance and actually want to learn sign language. The more people who become fluent in sign language, the less isolated people with hearing impairments feel. Thank you all. Uh, thank you to all of our viewers who have listened to today's episode. I hope you learned something new and enjoyed our podcast. I hope you will all come again soon for next week's episode on the history of the French language. Thank you again and have a great day.